Hi there, welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast, episode 136 today. I'd like to start off with a really good email from John, who has just made it through the foundation course. So for those who don't know, our course is split up into the foundation course and the intermediate course, which we now call, we, we now break the foundation course up into phases one to five, and then the intermediate course is about the same size as all of those five combined. Um, and together, they make up 1,530 of the most common characters and 4,000 words. Phases one to five, or the old foundation course, makes up uh, almost 600 characters and 1,000 words. So it's the idea is to, that, that builds your foundation. And that's based on spoken fluency. So John has just made his way through the foundation course. He's finished phase five. So he's built his solid foundation. And he's now onto the intermediate. And he sent us a nice email uh, just give me a bit of feedback that I'd like to share with you uh, today. Uh, so he starts off by saying, I'm still very much enjoying the course and appreciate all the hard work that you two have put into the course. Thank you. I'm 100% positive I could never master these characters without your course and the community you've built. Well, you could, you know, but it would just be a lot longer, more painful. Uh, I know that from experience, as a lot of you do, I'm sure. He says, I'm at 587 characters now. I'm just trying to maintain a pace of eight characters per day. I've noticed that it has become harder to maintain my memory of the characters now that I know more characters. I noticed that more and more of the characters I know have to rely on movies to remember. Back when I was at 300 characters, it seemed like I didn't need the movie scripts so much. Well, that might be, we've had, uh, you know, this is a very common uh, thing that happens uh, for people once they get really into the course. I had another email about this recently uh, for someone that was worried that their brain was getting too cluttered with movies and they were sort of mixing one movie with another. Um, movies, by the way, again, for those that don't know, is, is how we, we visualize uh, these movie scenes in our head with actors, uh, people, places, objects, and actions all combining, representing aspects of the character. It's what memory athletes do to memorize decks of cards. Um, and it really works, but this can happen. Uh, and the main reason why it happens is simply because um, you're going maybe too fast uh, and not and, and focusing more on quantity than quality and just uh, and maybe not reviewing the cards quite quite enough um, because there isn't the way the course is set up, it makes you kind of want to just keep pushing through. It's kind of game, like a, like it's a game, you know. Like, I want to want to get to the next character. Okay, that character's done. All right, done. Next character, and you can get into that mode. I I know this when I used to learn the characters myself, and sometimes the quality of the scenes can suffer a little bit. Overall, though, it's it's like the fact that you can still remember them. Just you just have to think about the scenes. That just means that it's working, but that you're you're maybe going through the characters on the course a little bit faster than you should and not quite focusing enough on the review of those movie scenes. Or you're going through them so fast that you've you've done like 20 before you've even had a chance to review uh, once or twice. Um, so uh, the, only, the best thing to, for here to do in this situation is just to slow down and um, focus a little bit more on the character, the vocabulary and the sentences as well. Um, and don't feel like you're in a rush. But at the end of the day, John, you're still remembering the scenes, right? Um, but the best is don't, don't, maybe don't push it too hard, otherwise you might feel overwhelmed. 
Um, but uh, that's completely normal. It happens a lot. I write characters in Pinyin in a notebook after looking at the English keyword and then check to see if my character is correct. On average, I write about 2.5 pages of Han's opinion per day. I used to do the same thing. I period periodically show my characters to my wife. This has helped me catch many errors that I did not catch myself. Practicing writing the character incorrectly is counterproductive. Also, because I'm spending so much time writing characters, I'm getting much better at it. My wife says that my characters look much prettier, <laughs> more proportional than before. I would say that hourly, as in through listening, I knew most of the words I've learned, but I think that they are clear in my mind now that I know the character. Yes, absolutely. This is the whole reason why we, we jump into characters first. Because what you're you've already got a foundation. It's kind of a flimsy foundation because you've ba you, you know you've learned a lot through listening and things like that. Um, but if you learn through reading through the characters as well, um, you build a much more solid understanding of the words. And that actually, once you've got that foundation, which you now have, it's it t obviously it takes more time to build it than say someone going to university. They're like, ah, oh, I'm already on textbook three. I'm way ahead of you. But once you've built that foundation, it's kind of like building um, a mechanized tool for building a house. You know, it takes a while to build that tool. But once you build that tool, you're going to go way faster than the guy just using his hands. Um, I couldn't think of a better analogy, sorry. Um, so let's continue here. She sa he says, I would say that I would only miss the words... Uh, but I think they're clearer now in my mind now than another character. Maybe in the intermediate course, I will start to see more words that I didn't know hourly. Yes, I would say you, you should. And certainly in the advanced course that we'll be bringing out later this year. He says, I find that hearing other people's stories is helpful. Stories or scenes, so other people's suggestions. This is another huge part of our course, which we, we love which people on the course have create, are creating con content for the course itself. In fact, that's kind of what we're doing right now as well. Because um, a lot of these videos from the podcast get put into the course and the comments that you guys give. Um, and most of you are just... Uh, anyway, in fact, all of you that share your scenes, it's incredibly helpful. Um, it's, just, it's like an extra shortcut for the people that follow you. They can just go, oh, cool, I don't have to use my brain now. I can just look at that, <laughs> or at least I, I'm, I was struggling. It's given me some cool inspiration to just finish off this scene or make it 10 times better. Uh, so that's really great. But sometimes their stories just give me other ideas on how to approach the character. Also, I find it very motivating to be a part of a community that is that is are all going through the same thing. I'm trying to learn guitar and piano and I'm spending less time on those because I'm spending more time on MBP. I was a little worried that the Mandarin Blueprint method may not scale up well, but I think it's definitely working. I'm sure uh, I would not be able to remember so many characters without these movies. I think compared to others, I may be less visual. I learn things best through my ears. Maybe I should be trying to add more sound to my movies. Before Mandarin Blueprint, my favorite way to study Mandarin was to listen to audio. I still spend at least one hour per day listening to Mandarin. But I think visualization is a skill that you can develop by practice. Well, <clears throat> that, that makes absolute sense. And it's so, it's so good that you've put in time for listening now, early. And one hour a day is a lot. Uh, and that's fantastic because listening doesn't pay off right away. It pays off in months or years rather than days or weeks but it pays off big time and a lot of the uh, people 
that don't focus on listening. So people that say jump into our course and they don't they don't have any listening material, they don't like do listening immersion. Once they smash their way through the course, they're like, okay, I can read Chinese now. Ah, oh, but my listening is kind of weak. And then they have to, after a year or six months or whatever or longer of doing the course, they then have to start listening from there. Whereas the best idea is to start listening uh, as early as possible. Uh, of course, there's loads of listening content in the course, but I'm talking about listening immersion, um, which I guess you get the most value out of once you've made it through a few hundred characters so you can actually have a basis of understanding because comprehensible listening is something you actually have a chance of understanding is obviously much more effective. But generally, um, even if it's not that comprehensible, it's still good to get used to the language. And listening takes the longest, but it's the most simple. You just listen. <laughs> Uh, and you do that for a long time and it's a gradual process but you've already started that progress, uh, process and you've done it you started early so um, that's going to pay off big time yes visualization is a skill that you can develop by practice there are rare cases people that for example have aphantasia that can't imagine things very well or at all visually uh, but there's always ways around that and so he says, one of my long-term goals is to attend a dinner party with my Chinese friends and to understand what they are talking about. The last time I saw them was before the pandemic started. At that time, I could hardly understand much. Not sure exactly why. Well, actually, I haven't got used to the language yet. Your foundation, like I said, although you've done a lot, of, lot more listening than the average learner at your level, you don't have the foundation yet. Uh, well, you didn't have the foundation yet. Now you do, and you can start building on that. And you'll find that as you progress through the course, you'll be able to identify a lot more of what you hear and visualize the characters and imagine what word and what characters they're attached to, which is listening and reading. That's why listening and reading go hand in hand. And the same thing goes for when you're reading. Even if you don't have listening, like the audio on, you can actually you can pronounce everything, read it out loud. That's why learning in our way of... Um, where we visualize the characters, we learn the pronunciation at the same time as the reading and the writing of the character. So important. Because uh, they do sort of listening and reading support each other. My wife, who is Taiwanese, says that a lot of people mumble and are more difficult for a non-native to understand. But I think the chief reason is my vocabulary is too small and there are too many people talking at the same time and talking very fast. Yes, I um, still have this real problem with any... If there's just me and another person or me and a couple, of, it doesn't matter if there's like 10 people, but if one person speaking at the same, it's just one person at a time speaking, it's no problem. But if I've got multiple people talking, and especially if I've got background noise, something happens, like if I've got TV or music or like we're in a loud restaurant, even like they have no problem hearing each other, but I find it very difficult to understand someone uh, in Chinese sometimes if there's too much background noise. I, I can't seem to focus in on what they're what they're saying very well, um, and uh, especially when you know, Chinese Chinese people will often um, yes they'll often mumble, but they also often do a thing where they they laugh at the same time as speaking. I can't even do an impression of it, <laughs> but uh, I've noticed that happens a lot. Um, and of course, then you've got dialects coming in people like Taiwanese, but Taiwanese is easy compared to a lot of dialects and accents that exist. Um, i got a friend from Guangzhou, who's a very good friend of mine now. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I, I, 
he just speaks so fast and Guangzhou has it's, it's very it's similar to Sichuanhua they say S instead of SH and they say Z instead of ZH so instead of it's very very tough to, to, to keep up with um, but that's even me you know after after many 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 hours of, of listening and of course no problem understanding on in standard Mandarin so don't feel bad about that you get used to that very quickly though but I should add that I should add that on the end so um, you know after a while of getting used to the cadence and the, the how people speak then it's fine but if I'm just thrown into a group of new people <laughs> it, it can be tough so yes Taiwanese use different words when I meet with mainland China friends I do understand more but I have a lot more trouble with the thick Beijing accent yeah because that there's also a ton of um, Liu uh, slang that comes with a Beijing accent as well. Just can't pass the words fast enough to keep up. Thank you for Amanda Blueprint, John. And he just adds here because uh, we always ask for an interview when people make it through the course. And he says, What I like and don't like about the course. There's nothing that I really don't like about Mandarin Blueprint. I think that people learn things in different ways, so there may be things that appeal to some people and not to others. This course would be best for people who are very visual. I'm not a visual person, but I'm learning to be more visual with practice. I think it's quite a useful skill to have. I think that the course is set up well for people who work and just have an hour a day to work on Chinese. Also, people come to the course with different goals. I think people, some people primarily want to learn to read because it is one of their best ways, the best ways to expand your vocabulary. And that is one of the most important things in acquiring a language. The course is well set up for that. My goal is to be able to read and write. I spend more time probably than others writing characters. I want to be good enough so that keeping a diary in Mandarin will be easy. Of course, I also want to learn to read. I think Mandarin Blueprint provides a lot of comprehensible input, i.e. input where you can understand it, as in 98% is ideal. It doesn't have to be 98%, by the way. It could be 90 or 70, 80, but 98% is just the most effective sort of sweet spot, they say. This is extremely helpful. If writing is your goal, you can always practice writing characters more. I think they may add more writing exercises in future uh, future courses once people know more characters and have more than they can write. Even the 593 characters, that's uh, from the foundation course, you can write quite a lot. Yes, because that comes with a thousand words, very common words. I can't imagine learning Chinese any other way. I've just completed the foundation course with 593 characters. I thought it was 592, but I guess we added one somewhere recently. Um, I can honestly say that I know them very well. Here's how I test myself. I look at in the English and write the Chinese character and pinyin. When I'm done, I have a native person check my characters. I also am checking my characters, but sometimes I miss things. I also test myself going the other way. Look at Chinese character and say the English word, keyword, and pinyin. Reading and listening to the stories is another way I'm testing myself. After completing the foundation course, I decided to take a week and do more reading. I'm curious to see how much I can read now. I have some kids' books in Mandarin. Then I plan to start the intermediate course. You'd be surprised, actually, how difficult kids' books could be in Chinese. Um, you're much better off going for, like, graded reading. Uh, of course, we have tons of graded reading content, but there's also Mandarin Companion, Dual Chinese, Chairman's Bao. You know, you can check some of those out. Uh, Chinese kids books are sort of designed to teach kids stuff that they wouldn't hear normally so often they'll have like Yu like idioms in there and things like that which actually can be deceptively difficult um, 
so don't feel bad if you don't understand much from the Chinese books um, Chinese kids books so he says, I just this last little quick list here of things that he likes about our course, which is really nice. So he says, number one, Mandarin Blueprint has figured a good order for learning characters so that learning characters that are used in later characters. So what he means is we sort of chunk together information. So like the number one in Chinese is like yi, and you learn that character first. And then that goes with shu, like a vertical line. And then that, that's number 10 in Chinese, basically a cross. And then, of course, that cross is used in many characters. So we chunk the, the the characters like that in a sort of logical order. So you never learn a character where you don't know and like, don't know all of the components. So you you only build on what you already know. That's what he's trying to say. Um, on top of that, you have you learn the most frequently used characters first. Yeah, that's very important. Number two, they've created a memory palace system that is all set up for you. Everything in the characters has a name. Sometimes you provide the name, but they give you ideas. So these characters are no longer abstract. Everything is an object that you could touch in your in your mind's eye, of course. Number three, they give you lots of sentences, paragraphs, and stories that use the words that you have just learned. Number four, they provide a platform where members can share their movies. And I find this extremely helpful. And it's not just movies, you know, everything. If you need help with anything. Um, the MB community is always there to share ideas and get ideas. Uh, number five, Phil and Luke are always available to answer questions. They take this very seriously. A lot of the time, the answer in video format. You need to know about, uh, number six, you need to know about 3,000 characters to be really fluent. Um, they have a plan for how to get you there. Right now, the foundation intermediate course takes you to 1,530. They will add another course, uh, other courses in the future to take you to 3,000 and beyond. Yeah, just like to. I know what John means here, but just to be just to be uh, clear, learning characters doesn't make you fluent, but it gives you the basis to be able to be fluent quickly. So if you learn if you learn three thousand characters, that means that's ninety nine point one percent of all coverage, uh, you know, by, by frequency. And then of course you learn all the words and the grammar that's associated with that, which our, which our course you know takes care of for you. So and then once you've done that, you can read and listen to all of that, and then you can start to practice speaking based on that foundation that you've you've acquired and that will make you fluent eventually number seven their website is well organized you can search for a character that you learned in the past if you want to hear the videos again if you're really serious about learning chinese this is the way to go john so thank you so much john for sharing that um that's just uh yeah it's really nice of you to take so much time to write such a long email with all the ideas and um yeah that's something that i've heard you know that's something I've heard. If Mandarin Blueprint is the way to go, if you're serious, if you're willing to put in time, uh, it's not just a thing where you you, you hit an app for ten minutes a day. It's uh, it takes it takes real investment, uh, not just financially, but of time and your energy. But you know that every minute that you invest is actually worthwhile. It's actually going to get you one step closer to proficiency. So, yeah, I think that's very fair. And I really appreciate uh, your email there, John. Thank you. Next is uh, Lynn Ford on uh, bonus. This secret will put you light years ahead in Chinese. So this secret is all about just basically this is early in the <coughs> phase one of the course, I believe, or maybe it's pronunciation mastery. It's one of the early, early courses. And um, <coughs> it's all about listening and reading. That's the secret, basically that people don't realize listening and reading to comprehensible input, things that you can understand. 
Um, <clears throat> such a simple concept, but it's just something that people don't know consciously. So Lynn says, so I read your ebook at the beginning of taking the pronunciation mastery course, and I have followed a lot of your suggestions. I have a Mandarin audiobook playlist that plays in the background of my house all day long. That's such a good idea. I don't actively listen to it, but sometimes when I stop working, I will hear a word or two I understand. I also signed up to Do, Do Chinese. For me, their app is better than the Chairman's Bao app, which crashes for me all the time. I have been reading the same newbie story every day, shadowing the narrator with the pinion and the characters up at the same time. That's really good. That shows patience. And that's very important when it comes to <clears throat> well, just language learning in general, but specifically when you're trying to improve your, your listening and general understanding. Because again, it takes a while. It's a gradual process and it's subconscious. So it's not just you finish a textbook and you can consciously do the tests at the end and then go, yes, I've finished that. Next. You don't get that satisfaction. Um, but on the other hand, it actually works. You know, Doing that in a textbook doesn't actually work. Uh, it doesn't make you actually fluent or proficient in the language. It just means that you finish that textbook chapter uh, and you understand how a concept works consciously. It doesn't mean it's going to be there for you subconsciously when you need it in real time. Sometimes I just sit and listen, and other times I read it by myself. I was thinking about getting The Secret Garden. <laughs> I loved that. Uh, I remember that. I only watched the movie. I never, never read it, which I loved as a child, and the accompanying audiobook in Mandarin. I really don't know 99% of what it what it is I'm seeing on the page, the characters or what is being said, in, uh, that's fine. I'd just like to add there that um, it's really important, I think, to do what you're doing there to get the, I love doing this, even if it's above your level, but if you really enjoy a piece of content, whether that's native Chinese content or whether it's a book that you love or a movie that you love and you get it in Chinese, <laughs> um, even if you understand half of it, it's still, I think it's a great idea to try and consume it because, and actually Dr. Krashen, Stephen Krashen, that, that we based a lot of our course around, you know, his his uh, his hypotheses about language learning. Um, I remember an interview here with him and Steve Kaufman, which you can find on YouTube, where he absolutely adores Star Trek. And he's, he said at the time, his Spanish was not very good but he doesn't care. He got Star Trek in Spanish and he started reading it. He understood maybe 50%, which of course is nowhere near the 98% sweet spot and would drive you crazy trying to understand if you weren't obsessed with the content in its original format. But because he is obsessed with the content in its original format, he's happy to try and get through it and he's still fascinated with every sentence. Um, so I think it's a great idea getting Secret Garden, maybe 99%, like, so 1% understanding is, is way too low, you, you know. Um, but have it there and go back to it every now and then. Say once you get through the foundation course, you finish phase five of Mandarin Blueprint, just like uh, John said earlier, go back and, and see, how it, see how you're understanding it. See if you can, you know, see what you can understand and pick out with the audio. And it says, uh, she goes on, in the PM course, I focus more on the pronunciation than the characters and we are only 25 characters in on the course. So my question is, should I be reading and listening, following along when I don't understand, but a word or two in several paragraphs? Should I wait until I get further along? I can already tell that listening is going to be my biggest hurdle. I want to t make sure that I'm doing this correctly. Perhaps I'm overthinking things, what do you suggest? I think your way is better than the opposite, which is not focusing on listening at all until you've reached so-and-so level. 
but you need to get um, listening material as low level as you can, which if I was in your position, I would get something like, you know, a graded reader um, and go for the absolute lowest level uh, or a, a podcast like a CSL pod, Chinese pod, um, and go for the newbie level, just and which will be like 10, 20, 30 second dialogues at most anyway, and just pl have a collection of those on your phone, play those in the background. Um, and don't focus on it too much, but wait, I would say you can really start understanding a lot once you've made your way through phase five, finish that onto the intermediate course. But throughout that entire time, which could take months, right? It could take over a year, could take, uh, well, it could take less than a month, depending on how much you put in every day, of course. But generally it takes people a few months on average. Um, so in those few months, rather than having no listening, have some listening but listen to the lowest level you can so you have the most chance of understanding it because the more you understand, the more effective the listening practice will be for your level overall, okay? So you've got the right idea, listen now. And it's going to be your biggest hurdle, maybe, but it's everyone's biggest hurdle. Listening is, is really tough. It's just something you have to, it's just like reading is really tough. It's a, it's a hurdle you have to get over. Uh, even with our course, reading is reading is tough. Going from individual characters to individual words to reading full sentences and then full paragraphs—it's it's a it's jarring. It's it, it's a, but then any you know you don't have any growth without pain without you know so especially rapid growth which you get with us. So it, it's sort of like more of a band aid than a slow a quick band aid solution rather than a slow sort of painful four years at university. Um, but uh, yeah, just just get through it. Don't stress about it because stress lowers your results. That's proven pretty much. Don't stress about. Oh, I don't understand that. Don't don't worry about not understanding. Just have it on and it, just trust your brain. Your brain will naturally acquire the language like it's supposed to. It's what it's it's a, it's a language acquisition machine. Your brain, everyone's brain, even if you think you're bad at languages. So just keep listening. But. Uh, don't make it your focus, you know, just make your focus the course and get through the course to build that foundation as quickly as possible. That's what I would suggest. Next is a uh, fancy um, on You Did It, which is the final lesson on pronunciation mastery. So it's basically our, our earliest course. Uh, you can get this free with a 30 day free trial. You can definitely make it your way all the way through it easily in 30 days. Fancy says, the course was brilliant. I learned so much and can't believe how manageable this was. Look forward to learning characters and to continuing my learning. Thanks, guys. Well, thank you, Fadzi. Uh, yeah, let us know what you think about phase one and beyond. Keep in touch and uh, stay active in the community. Oscar Hagland on uh, Tao Chong weighs the elephant. Uh, for those interested, Tao Chong is the son of uh, Tao Tao. Oh, yeah. Who's one of the main actors in The Romance of the Three Kingdoms story, which is arguably the most famous Chinese piece of literature, together with Journey of the West. In the original story, Tao Chong weighs the elephant using water displacement in a boat. I imagine it was changed here to use simpler words. That's absolutely correct. Thank you for that, Oscar. Um, yeah, and Tao Tao is like a, it's the name of a, it's, it's uh, what, what is the, the phrase that it's the equivalent to? Shuo Tao Tao, Tao Tao Jiu Dao. So, oh, speak of the devil, that's it. So, Tao Tao, Tao Tao, you speak of the devil, you know, like you're talking about someone and then, oh, they arrive. Like, oh, speak of the devil. Yeah, that's what we say, right? But in Chinese, they say, 
曹说曹操，曹操就到。So when you say 曹操，曹操 arrives.、Uh, so you, talk, you instead of saying speak of the devil, calling the person the devil, you're calling the person 曹操 That's just a little、uh, tidbit for you.、Um, and yes, it is one of the most famous、uh, stories. There's four、uh, sort of big Chinese pieces of literature. These two plus Hong Lo Meng. And one other, my friend got me all of them for a gift, and I've never touched any of them. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I'm sure there will be people on the course、uh, that will read these one day. Next is Susan Walsh on bonus. Don't make these mistakes learning Chinese. She says before I found Mandarin Blueprint, I had about given up on learning Mandarin. So many programs, so much rote learning. That means writing things over and over again. And burning it into your brain, basically, which is how most、uh, schools, courses, teach characters, etc. But now I know I will not only learn Mandarin but be fluent before my first trip to China. Thank you, Luke and Phil, for creating this dynamic and fun program. Well, thank you, Susan, and、uh, you know, stay in touch as well. Thank you, thank you so much for that. Really appreciate it. Next is Anne Giles on Georgia in context. Georgia means table. So draw it in context. That's the lesson where you've learned this word. Now see it in a sentence immediately. Anne says, "Case in point about solidifying learning of characters in context." I kept confusing these twin and shao. So twin, twin is a、uh, inch, and shao is spoon. Very different characters, very different、uh, meanings, but very similar-looking characters, aren't they? Now that I've seen shao a couple of times in the past few lessons, of, of course, that's a spoon. Thank you, Phil and Luke, for encouraging us to keep hanging in. So much comes together from keeping on going. Yes, trust the trust the plan.、Uh, that's that's the idea. So、uh, I know it's tough.、Um, I know it's tough because there's so many moving parts to the course, and you're like, I I don't understand this hundred percent. And we just keep pushing you to keep going、uh, and saying, don't worry, just trust us. It will it will become clear.、Um, and it's always nice to hear feedback like that that it actually does become clear for you guys. That's great. Next here is Ailey. On、uh, problem initials, so problem initials are、uh, sounds that do not exist in English that exist in Chinese. Zhi qi shi and zhi qi si are the seven problems. So not really a problem; they're really easy, but、uh, easy if you know how. So she says, I think people have trouble with the R, the ru ru sound, because it's a little harder to isolate that sound. Zhi qi shi. It's easier mentally. I agree. Yes,、uh, it's easier to get it right when you have an sh there in front. But by itself, it's not quite so easy, especially when it's taking the role of an initial. It can be an easy, be easy to start, tipping over into a slightly different sound, I guess. But then, I think that kind of happens naturally, as even native speakers will pronounce it a little differently in different contexts. Yes, they do. Some people pronounce it more like a z sound, <laughs> you know, depending on their accent, and.、Um, Yes, depending on where it is in a sentence, for sure. How fast they're speaking, which is why listening to real people can be can be a bit a bit jarring. You know, when you go from listening to standard Mandarin, she says,、um, "I find." But again, you get used to it. You get used to it, and、uh, it's 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 a process. I find myself sometimes pronouncing it a little like Japanese or Korean are. I don't know what those are, but except maybe with a little more air, a little a little more of that hollowness that comes with those sh kind of sounds. Maybe a little closer to the English R. Yeah, I know my pronunciation isn't perfect, and I don't know if, if doing this is good, lol. But it's something I find myself doing sometimes. It's hard to describe because it's so subtle and precise of a sound, 
what I really think the best thing you can do, and this is true of pronunciation in general, is to just listen. I find my pronunciation of things is often much better when I listen a lot and then just try to mimic what I hear as, a, as opposed to getting caught up in complicated explanations and trying too hard to get something just right. Yes, yes, that's music to my ears. It just seems to backfire sometimes. I mean, if there's a particular problem you need to work on, uh, work out that you want to focus on, that's fine. But first and foremost, listen. Which reminds me, Youglish, Y-O-U-G-L-I-S-H dot com, is a site where you can search specific words. There are several languages available and it will give you YouTube videos where that word appears so you can hear how it's pronounced in context. That sounds like a great idea. And you can easily click to the next and the next and just hear it dozens of times in different videos. I highly, highly recommend checking it out if you're having trouble with something. It's an awesome resource. Yeah, we've spoken about that a lot, haven't we, today? Um, th thanks for the resource suggestion, but I want to go back to your, your point there about um, just listen. And it's, it's sort of to do with that idea of it will be okay. Trust the plan, just trust your brain. And that's a really difficult thing for adults to develop. Uh, and it's something that you need when learning a language and definitely need through our course as well. Um, and if you do trust yourself and you trust what you're, you trust our course material and just know that it's going to work and don't stress about little details, which a lot of our members do completely understandably. They send us tons of comments regularly. Like I just can't get this thing or, um, the male and the female sounds different. I had exactly the same thing. Uh, the, why is the man saying it like this and the woman saying it's slightly different like this? It's a good idea to just accept it and just keep and just keep listening. Maybe keep it in the back of your mind or note it down. That's fine. Don't obsess over things, over details, because it will all become clear with enough exposure and enough foundation building, learning characters, learning words, uh, reading, listening to comprehensible input, etc. I know it's difficult. I had the same thing. I, I used to be. I used to get. You know, I spent a lot of time on pronunciation, and when things would happen, and I thought my pronunciation was really good, and then sometimes I'd hear, I'd hear something like, "What? Why is she saying veishema with a V? Ve veishema? What?" I get really annoyed at it. Like my now wife, I'd, like, I'd be like, "Why are you saying veishema? Why, why are you not saying veishema?" Like I thought it was. She's like getting angry at me. So what are you talking about? I'm not saying veishema. I'm just saying veishema. I'm like, you just said it, <laughs> like. You know, and I get that because I am that sort of person too. But um, stressing about language learning makes the process take longer. And it <clears throat> it's like eating sugar or drinking alcohol when you're trying to build muscle at the gym. It, it just counteracts your, your effect, your, your efforts. It ruins your results. Um, so it's best to just not, <laughs> not do it, okay? Uh, just just try and relax and enjoy the process. If you don't understand something, have try and have an attitude of, hmm, okay. Pause, think about it. And then if you can't figure it out, note it down if you want, or don't worry, because it's gonna come up again. Because if it's actually important, if it's a common thing, it's gonna come up again down the line, inevitably, right? So uh, trying to accept that. Eating, you know, go with the flow. You know, it's like go with the what is natural, as the Chinese is basically go with the flow, uh, and you'll have a much better time, and you'll progress faster. Casey Moen on Make a Movie for Gan, uh, Gan, sorry, which means dry in this case. She says before finding the Mandarin Blueprint, I spent about a year going through the book, remembering the simplified Hanza, um, 
yeah, me and Phil both used that book at certain points. Authors are James Heisig and Timothy Richardson, which introduces the idea of using story to remember a keyword meaning of a character. But it doesn't go as far as Ant Mandarin Blueprint does. It doesn't do anything with pronunciation or tone, yes. I don't know if I'd do things the same way if I knew about MB a year ago, but it still was a useful primer for the MB method because I do have quite a few props and stories already built up. I'm at about a thousand characters using the book that I can now tweak to the MB method so that I can now learn the proper pronunciation and tones. I would still recommend the book to anyone starting from scratch using MB just because it does have a lot of memorable props and stories to use as a resource. That's what we based the hands and moving method on to a large degree. Um, it was, and especially like that, it was a huge inspiration for us making our uh, character order, well, it just not the actual order itself, but the style of, of group, the way, the way the way they group things. So, um, Heisig and Richardson's books are one of the giants that we're standing on. Um, so, for Gan, Heisig Richardson recommends seeing the character, Gan means dry, seeing the character as a pictograph of one of those circular clotheslines, which works well for me. My neighbor has one that I see him hanging clothes on every day, since I already had that as, as a prop. I adapted my story to take place in my aunt's, Aunt Carla's front yard, pinion final AN for aunt and first tone, where Gandhi, pinion initial G, was happily hanging up his clothes to dry on the clothesline. He is happy because my aunt lives in Texas, which is super hot, so Gandhi knows his clothes will dry quickly and allow him to get on with his busy schedule until the sprinklers came on, at which point he furiously knocks on the front door and starts yelling at my aunt to turn them off so that his clothes can dry and that he can get going with his busy day. It's a great scene. I'm just starting out using this method, but I already can tell how useful it's going to be. A lot of my stories from using just the book are a bit fuzzy, I think because I didn't have a a lot of concrete people and memorable actions. The concrete people doing things in specific places really helps to solidify the memory. Thanks. Yeah, I think, um, to be honest, I think uh, as much as we owe a lot of you know, our success and, and to, to Heisig, I'd say that um, you don't need the book. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, Casey, she's invested in the book, just like me and Phil were, so she's got a special attachment to it, which is completely understandable, but, uh, uh, he's got some good prop ideas, but at the end of the day, all of our props come with lots of suggestions from all of you lovely people <laughs> on the course. So uh, overall, uh, don't don't go and run rush to get the book if you don't uh, you know if you don't feel the need to do that. But uh, it's it's certainly a great book and it's got some useful insight. So thank you very much for that, Casey. I'm glad to have you on the course, and I'm really again people like yourself with already a background in mnemonics. Uh, joining the course, I was, it's always really fun to see your reactions to um, your progress. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. Please stay in touch and get and uh, let us know how you do. Next, uh, I've got a few questions just, just generally about Chinese, um, which I, I answered this week and I thought would be good to share with you guys on here as well. Because uh, it's got some useful just usages, useful words that we can, we can share. So first is from William Beeman on vocab unlocked for gan which means well it means a few things um to catch up um is, is one is one one word i'm not sure i can't remember what the actual keyword was we use in our course right now but off the top of my head but there's a few different definitions let's see what it is in this particular context so he says in the sentence so that basically means when everyone 
uh, by the time everyone gan dao, so gan dao, so it means rushed down, like rushed to arrive there. When they arrived there, it's already it was already seven o'clock in the evening. He asked, "Is dong as in well, which originally means wait? It's one of the main. That's the main definition of it. Let's say is a kind of preposition like until. So you use um dong in this way, dong ni hui lai. So use it as a, when you get back, just literally when you get back. It could be used as when, but in this particular context, it's used as by the time. Um, so just keep an eye out for dung. It has a very different meaning when it's used at the beginning of a sentence, um, like this. When you arrive, we'll leave. Right, we'll go together. So keep an eye out for that one. It's a very useful phrase, very common um, usage. Next one here is from Soren um, for vocab unlocked for xian. Um, and he uses the example sentence that we provide, which is a very, very colloquial sentence. I, I really like it, but it's so colloquial that it can catch <laughs> new learners off, off, off guard a little bit. So let's go through it. He says, 你嫌什么嫌? So it's a quite a complex sentence, actually, especially because there's some, there's some um, abbreviations, let's say. So let's go through the question first. I don't understand this one. 臭钱 is filthy money in pleco. I think I am let down by not being a native English speaker. Yeah, filthy money, like dirty money, ill-gotten money. You got these money by doing bad things. Chou qian, which literally means smelly money, right? But also the first part I can't work out the meaning, the meaning for. So I just added at the bottom here, xian is short for xian bai, xian bai, which is to show off, to flaunt something, usually often physical, you know, but... Uh, it's, it could be either way. It could be showing off your, um, showing off something physical, showing off your your speaking skills or whatever. Um, so this is often what happens in colloquial Chinese. You'll take a full word like xian bai and you just use the first character or one of the characters xian bai xian zhe xian. Don't xian that. Don't sort of flaunting your money. You got it in from ill-gotten ways. Bu jiu shi, bu jiu shi. So, bu jiu shi is a, is a nice phrase. Also, remember, bu jiu shi is, um, isn't it just, isn't it just, yeah, so isn't that just some filthy money that you got? Isn't it just a bit of filthy money? Why are you showing it off and, and flaunting how much money you have? It's dirty money. Uh, you can't just um, use that by itself in these contexts, you know, so you need a full explan explanation. Uh, so you can't just say to someone, you xian xian. Yeah, you, you, you know, it doesn't work as well. You need to actually have an explanation of why you're saying that afterwards, which is in this sentence here. So let's move on to the next one here, which is a very uh, similar kind of question from Soren. So Soren says in this one, for vocab unlocked for feng, which means crazy. <laughs> uh, and fengzi, fengzi is a crazy person. So Li, it's a very interesting character. I'd love to do a video about this character one day. Um, you know, it could mean a lot of different things. It could mean to sort out Li Tova. Oh, I don't need to worry about that, do I? But uh, it could be to sort out your hair. Um, it, it, a very, a very interesting one I heard recently is like, Ba ni de xin xu ni de qing xu li le chu lai. 
but so like to it's actually really hard to uh, actually I'm not going to say that because it's really hard to translate um, but anyway it means basically to sort out to sort out um, on its own that is this is why this is why these sorts of things throw you off right with colloquial Chinese so what is li in this context is actually short for li hui li hui which means to pay attention to it can mean a couple of other things as well but in generally, this is why Chinese can be tough sometimes, right? Things with multiple definitions in different contexts. But don't worry. Again, trust the process. You'll you'll gradually acquire all the ones that you need if they're common and useful enough, and you read and listen enough. So this is another example of in colloquial Chinese, they'll take the first character of a compound word. I'm not sure if it's always the first character, but I've just noticed that pattern that it usually is. Um, so li hui means to pay attention to, and it's, it's most commonly, that's very formal actually to say that, I, I suppose. Li, just by itself, in that context, will work just fine. That's the more colloquial, natural, spoken way to say it. So tasha ge feng ni bu yong li ta, don't pay attention to her or him, okay? Uh, so completely understandable why Soren got confused with that one. And the previous one of xian bai instead of xian instead of xian bai. Um, but I hope that's clear now. So let's move on to the vocab living links. So this is how we teach you to learn compound words. So we have, of course, a memory palace technique for learning uh, characters, and then we have compound words, um, where it's slightly not so much visualization involved, but uh, people come up with some really cool uh, mnemonics, mnemonic visualizations or ideas to connect to the compound words and the characters within them and the sounds. It's really cool. So let's do a few examples here. First vocab living link is from Jason Pond. And this is vocab from te, which means special, so uh, or unique, let's say. Uh, te and te dian, the two, two compound words unlocked here. And he gives an idea for te dian. So te dian means, uh, let's say, special characteristic which kind of, if you look at the characters in this word, kind of writes itself. It's kind of a built-in mnemonic, special point, right? The end is point. Uh, so there's not really much idea needed here for um, connecting to the characters because the connection is so clear, if you know the characters. So Jason's actually just added just the one simple idea, Mona Lisa. Well, I don't know much about the Mona Lisa, but I know that... Uh, there's a lot of there's like there's a there's focus on her smile for example I just seem to have that idea that it's that, that slight smile people always focus on what is her what is she slightly smiling about it's all these there's all, all sorts of other um, unique sort of interesting special points let's say about uh, the um, the the painting so I think that's a really good idea very succinct thank you for that Jason now in terms of the other word here that's pretty special that's that's pretty special that's pretty obvious as well isn't it so look at the characters which means special the whole word means special and beer means other right other or it can also mean don't so don't be like this right don't have this behavior um but i think we you know beer uh, as in other so one special thing that uh, things that other people beer don't have um, so it kind of makes you beer it sets you apart from the other people you know so that's that's one thing um, 
Uh, you can also create other mnemonics for this. You know, uh, people don't want you to be special because it makes them feel envious, I suppose. So special, don't. I'm sure there's a connection that you can make there as well. Uh, and finding an image for both tudie and tubie is, is really straightforward. You know, just find something that's a unique characteristic that stands out. Maybe someone with uh, red hair and green eyes, you know, something like that and have a picture. Um, I think that would work for both of those. Uh, so thanks a lot for that, Jason. The next one is from Chris Young. Vocab unlocked for Wang, as in Shang Wang. Shang Wang. So, which means to go on the internet. I really like this one because this is also from my sort of age, I suppose. He says, if you remember dial-up modems, an image of an old phone modem may be a good trigger. For me, the characters visually remind me of a phone on the modem, a boxy old computer. I just, uh, when you said that, I just remember that that awful sound of the modem connecting. It was like, it took like a minute, like, I can't even do it. I don't remember, but I'm sure you could even find that sound file and put it in there. <laughs> the idea of Shanghua, you had to wait. I'm just connecting to the internet right now, you know. And if someone picked up the phone, it would disconnect the internet for the <laughs> you'd like put the phone down. And then you have to reconnect again. Uh so that's a very strong memory for me too. Another thing you could do, if you're not as old as us, uh you could um also find uh Shang Wang. So you could find another connection to Wang. So Look at the characters on the web, literally. But there's other other kinds of web. When I think of a web, you can probably guess as well. I think of a spider web. Um, and I'm sure I'm not the first person that's made those two connections, like a spider on a web and internet. Type in the words spider, spider's web and internet and see what comes up. I'm sure you'll find a picture of a, some some connection, like melding the two ideas, I'm sure you will, and you can find an image. Uh, I haven't even done the search, but I just I just trust Google Images, the world of Google Images, uh, that you could find something there to add. Next one here is Rick Angeland on uh, vocab unlocked from gai, which means to change. And there's two words here, gai bian, which is the full word for change, the verb gai bian, and gai uh, tian. So Rick gives an idea for Gai Tian. He says, the Paul McCartney song, Another Day. It seems that Gai Tian is similar to, to in, in use to Nei Tian. Not that I can tell. I mean, it's, I guess uh, I guess they're related, of course. But Nei Tian is literally, or Na Tian is literally, which day? When? When should we do that? It's, it's, it's making a request. So it's sort of saying, okay, when should we, blah, blah, blah. Whereas Gai Tian is just sort of, let's do that someday. It's very... Casual, it's not, you don't say gai tian, gai tian zai yue. It's a very common sort of phrase, like gai tian zai yue. Like, let's again yue, like make an appointment or a date, gai tian someday. So let's do it, do it again someday, or gai tian zai, whatever we want to do. It's very full yen, it's very perfunctory, it's very just, oh, whatever, it's very casual. Um, but I, I love the idea of using music another day. Uh, very good idea, very good idea. So you can actually connect that to an image quite well as well. Gai uh, Bien is another one of those characters, sorry, another one of those words where the characters are just so obvious. It's a parallel word. So the, the characters Gai and Bien both mean change and the word means change. So for that, I would just um, change, change is change. So maybe I'd get <laughs> saying the word change a lot. So I think of um, the South Park episode with Homeless. 
<laughs> the homeless people where everyone's going change change like saying the word change a lot that's just popped into my head or um uh the ozzy osbourne song changes um which uh you know so uh, which again connect to an image so that's some, that's my ideas for that one good luck with that next is uh movies so these are the movie scenes that people have sent in this week we've got a few great ones here uh first one is from nick sims on make a movie for Zhe, which means hot it says Rico is in the bathroom at Barton Elementary, stuck in there because someone locked him in there as a prank. So he's in the bathroom because it's fourth tone. The only thing is, he's been in there for two days with no food. So I guess that's good. You can show that, right? He's like thin, very hungry, sort of maybe looking around nervously for food. Desperate, there you go. He gathers up a cockroach. <laughs> okay, stop the video here if you want. And uh, which is which is a great prop for Ju. I really like that one. Ju means ju draw, like uh, tough, resilient, and cooks it over a hot campfire, which is the fire at the bottom there. Really good, yeah. Um, I'd like to see more reference to heat, though, in there. So uh, I don't think he needs, like, so for example, if this was a, this, the, the key word here is not about hunger, you know, so you don't need to show him hungry. You know, I like, I like, details and stuff but just for those watching you don't need to add unnecessary details right so like um i think that just having him pick up a cockroach and start roasting it because he's hungry that's you know uh, sorry <laughs> i just did the opposite of what i said <laughs> sorry so he's just you know he's feeling a bit peckish it's not a big deal um you know he's not starving or anything he's just oh cool cockroach picks it up um starts roasting it and then he realizes that he's just getting really hot the room and uh and he can't put the fire out or something and, and he's like sweating and he starts taking his clothes off and uh, he starts trying to open the window because it's hot right that's the point that's the keyword so visually showing that a little bit more i think would be a good idea but thanks a lot nick really appreciate that um connection there gave you artica arctica on uh, making me before ying which means hard uh diamond <laughs> the hardest substance in the world I had a hard time coming up with a way to represent the meaning of the character in a movie, but then I thought of just adding a diamond to the script, and that's it. Now it's clear and memorable. Yes, bringing in extra objects uh, into the scene is absolutely fine if it's to help you represent the keyword a little bit better. Bringing in a diamond is a great idea. Well done, Gavia. Rick Santos on making a movie for Jin, which means tight. At the bedroom of the N set, J.I. actress nervously wants to be secure at all times. So her right hand, Yo, is tied tightly. Oh, sorry. Yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I'd misread something there. No, that's correct. So her right hand, Yo, is tied tightly to her sword. Yes, so that's that's the keyword. By a silk thread, so that the sword is ready to use when urgently needed, especially when the time is tight. Yeah, great. And yeah, time is Tight is actually a very common phrase used. So, so 时间有点紧. Time is a bit tight. Right? So they actually use that phrase in Chinese. Uh, and yeah, you can just, that's the point of the keyword, right? So that's the point of the character, that's the point of the scene. So really make a big deal that it's too tight. Like maybe your hand is like swelling up or something like that and it's going red uh, and she's like showing a bit of discomfort. You know, that might be a good idea as well. And she, she really sort of she really sort of ties that that wrist uh, uh, thing there. 
Um, <clears throat> that's what I would do. So well, well done there, Rick. Next one is Hank Elliott. Uh, make a movie for Ghoul, uh, which means uh, uh, lonely. So Gandalf, the G actor, is outside my childhood home eating chicken feet. That's a very common delicacy in China. Very common. Um, believe it or not. With Jesus, that's another the the prop who is the the child component on the left, and the right side component is the chicken feet. That's an interesting one. They are enjoying their chicken feet when suddenly Gandalf accidentally elbows Jesus, who gets up and leaves Gandalf all alone eating chicken feet by himself. Uh, eventually, Gandalf becomes quite lonely, keyword, and no longer enjoys his chicken feet. Just the idea of Gandalf feeling sad and lonely eating chicken feet is great. He looks dejected and sad. Finally, he begs Jesus to come back. Finally, Jesus rejoins him, and Gandalf is no longer lonely and they continue enjoying eating their chicken feet. That's a great scene. There's nothing I can add to that at all, I think. Uh, um, uh, of course, you know instinctively, guys listening, that adding adding emotion to the various aspects, the various points there is a good idea. You know, when you feel sad, making that emotion. Jesus comes back, he feels relief. Um, he's not lonely anymore. And the reason why you do that is because that's what the keyword is about. It's all about the keyword. So well done. The next one is Oliver Morris. Make a movie for uh, tongue, which means to hide. Uh, so this is a this is a, probably one of our biggest characters with lots of components going on. Um, this is a pretty complex one. I was fortunate that my prop for Pien uh, is a photograph. So basically, this completely unique to this character, I believe. I don't think I've seen it anywhere else. On the the bottom left here, it's like. Pien flipped backwards are just the photograph negatives. That's a good idea. So you take a photograph for that and then you flip it backwards and that's the negatives. Still writing a story for this one has been a challenge. Yeah, and you know, luckily throughout the course there's not too many. We tried to keep three components max, but every now and then there's four or five component ones that are just big characters and just, you know, take an extra five minutes to, to learn it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's fine. There's only a handful of situations uh, where you you have more than three components props to to work with so uh yeah so good luck with that one oliver feel free to share your your scene because people need the most help with these ones so please do share next is will Rayleigh on uh Kur, as in cursor it's one of those characters that only goes never stands alone it always goes with cursor <clears throat> so he says keanu reeves eleanor's kitchen he meets the rolling stone's mouth suffering from a nasty cough uh, yeah, I can imagine the big mouth coughing there. Keanu calls the Dirty Dozen. That's an interesting one, yes, because I believe this this character represents one of the 12 heavily stems or something like that. Over to beat the cough out of the mouth. Okay. The Dirty Dozen surround and grab the mouth and then squash the mouth with their hands till the cough is gone. That's cool. I can imagine, like, squeezing it. You know the, uh, the Green Mile where uh, John... Um, like the guy with the huge guy with the the, the healing ability when he, he sucks like stuff out of people like the illness and then he spits it out I remember that just very clearly it's kind of like looks like flies coming out of his mouth kind of you can imagine them like that comes out of the mouse mouth like, that's, that's how I just instinctively imagine that happening and finally Keanu Reeves says he could have done it himself but he didn't want to catch the cough so I can imagine him standing off at the side there, maybe cleaning one of his guns because he's John Wick, right? Um, he's got his like, he's got his henchman to do the dirty work for him. Very good. I like that one, Will. Thank you very much. Rick Santos and make a movie for Shul, as in to narrate. 
Schubert, that's the SH actor in the Null Set's backyard, fourth tone. When it's when it's difficult to explain a technique, Schubert means technique, that's good, to his students, Schubert instead opts to narrate Schubert a story, something like walking them through, that's the path component, on how the above-mentioned Shang Shu technique is done. Sure. Yeah. So narrating something that works really well. Um, <clears throat> I don't. I'm not particularly a big fan of of actions as props. I like physical objects. So using the path component, making the action of walking, unless it's like a, a you know a separate entity that's always walking, that's fine. But if it's making your act to do an action to represent a prop, not my favorite thing to do. Although it can be done. I've done it before myself. But it just led to a few. It's easy to lead to confusion with that, from my personal experience. Uh, but I love the way that Rick includes Shang Shu. He includes full words connected to the character he's learning in the scene often, which is a really good little habit that he's picked up. So thank you, Rick. Good scene. Next is uh, Nick Sims's final one for today. <laughs> this is actually correcting my last uh, scene, which I must apologise for. Uh, so actually, well, our, our assistant who usually puts together the copies and pastes over the comments into the into the podcast, he he only com he only copied over the first paragraph, and it was very confusing to me, <laughs> and I'm sure to Nick as well. So I missed out this last time. So here's the full version uh, that I'm gonna I'm gonna do it justice this time. Sorry, Nick. Uh, so Nick Sims for Make a Movie for Jiu, number nine in Chinese. He says, Janet Jackson is in the bedroom at Wilson Hall, combining her martial arts skills with dancing in a new routine. She is twirling a samurai sword, that's the Pia component, ninja star, and Mao, Maui's fish hook while dancing to the song Get Low by Lil Jon. And this is where I ended last time. <laughs> so now we'll finish it off here. <laughs> I, I, do I, am I going to do this? I'm going to do it. All right. Brum dum dum. Da, 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 dum, three six nine. I know that song. Stand real fine. Move it. I'm not going to do the rest in <laughs> the style that he sings it. Uh, I obviously won't be able to do it justice. But uh, stand real fine. I'm going to do it in a British accent for you. Stand real fine. Move it to you. Sock it to me one more time. Get low. Get low. Get low. Get low. <laughs> Janet is twirling so fast, it looks like she has nine weapons instead of three. I really like this scene because it's made me laugh. Um, and uh, usually I wouldn't say, you know, it looks like she has nine weapons. It's not specific enough to be representative of the keyword number nine. Because it just looks like your brain doesn't count them. It just goes, oh, a bunch of things, right? It's really hard to specifically show nine there, I suppose. But because you have the song... 369, you know, they have, they have that Get Low song and it's clearly playing. Uh, as long as you make a big deal out of that, I think that's enough to support the idea of number nine because theme tunes, music can be really, really helpful. Um, I might personally link to the number nine somewhere. I don't know off the top of my head what comes in nines. Um, nine, nine, nine. Uh, that's like the, that's the emergency number in England. Nine, nine, nine. I used to watch a TV show called Nine, Nine, Nine. It was about injuries and people getting in trouble and stuff so i'd imagine maybe a policeman connected that connects very strongly or an ambulance uh paramedic connected to 999 or an ambulance itself that's me personally but I, my, my point is i would maybe connect more visually more clearly to the number nine but i think this this scene itself would be 
absolutely fine. So thank you for that, Nick. Thanks for making me laugh. And uh, that's the last scene of today as well. Uh, so well done, everyone. Thank you for all the great comments, really long, awesome, detailed uh, comments this week. So thanks for the effort and the time that you spent doing that. Um, I will, I'm moving house, actually. Uh, again, I'm still going to be in Dali, but I'm moving to a bigger apartment uh, where I can actually have a bit more space and things like that to, to work. Um, and uh, I, I, so hopefully I'll, that will all be sorted within two weeks, but I might miss the next podcast. I don't know. But either way, I'm sure Phil will fill in absolutely fine for me. So awesome. Thanks, guys. Keep the comments coming. Uh, as usual, get in touch on uh, contact at mandarinblueprint.com. And if you've listened this far, uh, you've managed to get through this, uh, not on the course, uh, you should probably be on the course. So try a 30-day. It's now a 30-day free trial, which you can access anywhere on our website, mandarinblueprint.com. And uh, yeah, see how you go. Thanks, guys. See you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye.